This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Uncall. Robocalls. I hate them, Bert. <laughs> uh, uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Every time I see that unknown number come up on my phone or potential spam, it's just like, click, nope, not answering that. Well, let me tell you the best solution that you can have, and that is Uncall. The service works with almost every major provider in the U.S., U.K., Australia, worldwide, right? You can check them out through the link at nerdcognito.com. Just scroll down the page and find the link to Uncall and make sure that you are in the list. And if you are, let me tell you how this works. $15 one time per device. Okay. And they take all of the responsibility for the robocalls. They do the legwork for you and make sure that your number is fully removed from spammers list. Uh, Oh, that's great. It's, you know, nothing's perfect. Some are going to slip through, but I've been using Uncall now for a couple of months and I can't tell you the last time I got one of these things. It avoids interruption. It doesn't let you get stressed out and it lets you reclaim your phone number. So when it rings, you're not fucking afraid to pick it up. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome uh, uncall again go to nerdcognito.com scroll down the page find the link to uncall and reclaim your cell phone now on with the show Happy New Year! Hey everybody, my name is Ryan David. Happy New Year, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nerd Cognito. I am joined, as always, in this 2023, oh god, I feel old saying that, by my good, good friend Bert. Hey Bert, Happy New Year! Hey Ryan, how's it going? Uh, it's, 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 things never disappoint, and this week was no exception. Uh, had a little... New Year's Eve fun and, you know, a lot to eat and drink and be merry about and, you know, the the, the tabletop role-playing world sort of got turned on its head. We're going to talk about that and my condolences to uh, Troll Lord Games, the creators of Castles and Crusades, which we've talked about several times before on the show. Yeah. They they got the old target painted on their back over the past weeks. So. Oh no, that's yep. never good. No, no, no. So, uh, you know, I I'm kind of sitting back and laughing and not at them, just at the situation in general because it's the same story, just with different players. And um, you know, I keep keep up with what the ladies on Twitter are doing with the Nerd Cognito Twitter, which, by the way, if you're not following the fine powers that be, please do so. Uh, Follow them at Nerd Cognito on the Twitter machine. They certainly appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, I I check in and read that account every once in a while, see what's going on in the Twitter world, and I do miss some of our friends in the Twitter space. But Man, Troll Lord got hammered this week, so we we have to talk about that because it, this is just becoming a an ugly, vicious pattern now in, in our space. I've had some news lined up for you, Bert. Of course, and you know we're in a new year, which means in all of our beloved areas where we like to spend our time and escape the insanity of the real world, or there is stuff on the board that's going to be released in 2023. So we're going to take a look specifically, not only at the tabletop world, but uh, we'll look into board games and some RPGs that are slated to hit the video realm and talk about stuff that's coming in 2023. Awesome. Yeah. So jam-packed show tonight. I don't know how we're going to squeeze it all in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) What else did I do? Um, I I had an opportunity to finally, just because, you know, holidays and everyone's sort of relaxed and the regular grind schedules of the world sort of cease for a little bit. I had a chance to pop in and interact and talk to our friends on the Biggest Geekest podcast uh, when they had their last live stream. They are doing fantastic and big shout out to them. Uh, one of our friends uh, actually sent me a message and said, hey, you know, Biggest Geekus is talking about you guys again. 
<laughs> and I said, well, shit, I'm actually available, so I'm going to hop in their stream. And uh, no, they, they're knee-deep in riffs, which is something I haven't thought about for 20 years. And and just, Oh, man, that was a Palladium game, it, right? I it, haven't thought about that game in forever. Right, it certainly hasn't gone anywhere, and no knock on riffs. It's It just no. was never anything that I played too hardcore, because if you're, let's face it, if you're a riffs player... You're playing riffs and nothing else. <laughs> right, because that game system encompassed like so many genres that like literally you could play anything in that system. Yeah. But you really had to love that system. Oh yeah. It's you know, Riffs was the definite, I guess, poster child for we're gonna throw it all in the bucket and shake it up and make a system so i had a great time interacting with the guys uh at biggest geekus shout out to them and if you're buying anything print on demand or digital make sure to go to their store the big geek emporium uh biggeekemporium.com give them a look bert let me let me tell you you know we we've talked to joe on at least one or two occasions over the last year Um, oh sure yeah absolutely joe lost his mind and is doing an incredible thing for the creators in the OSR and the indie scene. In December, everything through Big Geek Emporium that was sold had 100% of the sale forwarded to the creators. And they are in the midst of a redesign because the Emporium was such a success that they are, you know, looking at a new physical redesign of the website and he announced on the stream that I was sitting in and interacting with in the chat um, he announced that he's just going to leave that that commission free zone sort of in place until the site redesign comes in so now more than ever yeah now more than ever if you want to support independent creators or the OSR now's the time to buy stuff on the Emporium because 100% of their spend goes to the creators uh joe didn't pay for an ad but he just got one it and it it truly speaks just to the community and how we really do try to lift each other up as much as possible so hats off to the guys at big geek emporium had a great time with you uh we tongue-in-cheek kicked around me actually getting on video and <laughs> hopping in the stream <laughs> um that might come in the new year so uh that was my my nerd streaming moment of, of the week but uh, i thought this was your nerd streaming moment of the week well you know what i mean we're not streaming right <laughs> although uh, technically no i guess we've had we've had some requests for that but trust me you don't want this mug on your on your television <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that i just uh, trying to kick back and unwind before you know, day to day comes back to be a harsh reality. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, me and my crazy hobbies. I broke out my classic cocktails recipe book and mixed up a few odds and ends from the uh, prohibition era for New Year's. Yeah, see, I'm gonna talk like a prohibition gangster. See, what did you mix <laughs> up? I've got some bathtub gin here in the back. Well, funny you should say that, because the first thing I made was a gin ricky. A gin ricky is pretty simple. It's gin, it's lime juice, it's club soda. There you go. It's pretty easy. Straightforward, uh, get you drunk. (laughs) Right. Then I made a bourbon old-fashioned, and then we we rang in the new year with a champagne cocktail, the old French 75. See, I did not know what a French 75 was. And before we got on the air, I said, what the hell is a French 75? And... You told me, and it makes sense, because for a Prohibition-era drink, uh, you wanted to cover up the gin. Uh, French 75, you said, was gin and lime, or lemon? Lemon. Gin and lemon. And and champagne. And champagne, which makes it a perfect champagne cocktail to ring in the new year. Well, it sounds like you had quite a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm I'm lucky enough that I I I, uh, I haven't had a hangover in 15 years. Oh. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with that. See, and the older I get, and the less often I socially drink, you know, it's not like back in the post-divorce tear days where I was just Ooh. rolling home every night. Um, I'm happy just having a couple of drinks and maintaining the buzz now. And 
the other reason I'm happy with that is because it prevents the hangover, which now clobber me pretty hard the older that I get. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, with health problems, hangovers become worse and worse. Oh, yuck, yuck, yuck. You know what's worse and worse? Even more so than a hangover. What's that? The fucking sparkle trolls. <sighs> Uh-oh. Incoming rant, people. Yeah, no, rant no, alert. No, no, no. Rant it, alert. It's not my rant. It, it is not my rant at all. Okay. Uh, but it is the sparkle troll cancel culture attack du jour in the hobby that we have experienced. And I actually... I'm going <clears> to... <throat> tell you how removed I am from the NerdCognito Twitter account. I sometimes will forward ideas and thoughts for the ladies to put their spin on and post up on the NerdCognito Twitter. I intentionally stayed out of this one and encouraged them to do so too. Not because we don't support Trolllord games, but because it's, you know happy, happy time of the year. I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, nobody wants to get into a fight for New Year's. It's not the uh, not the best way to be. So, let me tell you a little background of what happened. Okay, and, and I'm, I'm not going to throw anyone from Troll Lord under the bus. You know, I think there's fault to be distributed in all places, but unfortunately, it's not equal distribution. Uh, one of the Troll Lord Games folks made a, uh, let's call it, polarizing comment on the Twitter machine. Okay, that's uh, that's never good. That's, uh, right, and what was said, shame on you, slap on the wrist, let's think before we tweet. It, it was just one of those moments, right? Troll so Lord, they said something dumb. They said dumb. something dumb, and... As an entity, Troll Lord said the following, which I thought was very eloquent and very, very appropriate. Because when I read this to you, you're going to recognize a parallel that we try our best to uphold here on Nerd Cognito. But l- let me read you the direct tweet from Troll Lord Games. Ready? Okay. A quick note to remind everyone. At Troll Lord Games, that Troll Lord Games has a games only philosophy. We leave all of the discussions in which society enjoys to engage to others. They have no place here. This is a place to belly up to the table with our friends and enjoy games. That was their comment. Right, which, uh, you know, we we try to live up to that, too. We're as different as night and day, but we still sit down at the gaming table every couple of weeks. We do. And I look at this even broader when it comes to Nerd Cognito. I do my best, and there are times where some stuff might bleed out that I just, you know... um, I'm an angsty old grognard sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That that is true. That is true. And we really do make a concerted effort to not touch politics, specifically politics, here on Nerd Cognito. Um, there have been a litany of things where we've had the conversation on the air and off the air. No, 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 no. We're not going to go here because we don't want that to invade right. our fun time. Happy, exactly. happy fun time, right? Um, and Troll Lord sort of has that very same approach. Well, (laughs) well, 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 as you can imagine, the dearest sparkly ones had a meltdown online and they were screaming left and right. If you don't recognize politics and accept politics and realize that politics has to be used as motivation in gaming and promoted through gaming, then you're just as bad as whatever segment of politics that we hate. Not acknowledging it and trying to pretend like it doesn't exist is accepting the worst parts of we're going to cherry pick this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. Okay, so by trying to stay out of politics, they're saying that, you know, you're 
you're worse than it's worse than you being political. Exactly. And it boggles the mind. Let, let me say this. <clears throat> Troll Lord has an outstanding record of producing exceptional quality content. Period. Full stop. With make-believe elves and dwarves <laughs> and monsters and dungeons, none of which is tied to real-world politics. Right. I mean, you know, I vote and everything, but my political views are mine, and I don't talk about them with pretty much anybody. So, you know, that means I'm just as bad as the people out there screaming on their soapbox, right? I, I guess so. And not wanting to bring a political spin into what is your business. <laughs> business. Business. Uh, <laughs> makes sense <laughs> to me, right? Because Absolutely. We, our world is so fucking tribal right now. I, as a business person, don't want to ostracize pretty much half of my potential customer base. Because right. if you take a political stance... Right now, in the climate that we're in, no matter what side of the stance you take, you are effectively saying, I am giving up the revenue from the other side. Right. I mean, as a, you know, as a business, it only makes sense to, you know, to stay neutral, to, you know, and, you know, not necessarily cater to both parties, but not favor one over the other for sure. No, 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 Bert. Staying neutral is bad staying neutral allows the sparkly ones to presuppose that that company or entity or whoever it may be believes the exact opposite of what they are trying to do so or the you know what i'm saying by not having an opinion and by stating that they don't want to have an opinion it's allowing an opinion to be laid on top of them whether it's true or not, and I don't know whether right. it's true or not, it, it's it's just opened this whole clusterfuck. And we're we're talking, you know, little nobody sparkle trolls and some some prominent sparkle trolls just jumped on and dogpiled Troll Lord, the creators of Castles and Crusades. Now, you know, we know where I where I stand with with, with this thought and. Those people. <laughs> I like, I got to say those people. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. <clears throat> See, it bleeds out every once in a while. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Troll Lord has done some exceptional things. You all should be fucking thanking them. Because lest you forget, they gave away their core book for Christmas to anyone that wanted to download it. We talked about it about a month ago on the show. How CNC might have been an avenue that you wanted to explore for an upcoming group of yours, and they it just happened to co coincide with the week that they said, hey, you know what, we're going to give our product away. Um, they are exceptionally, and I'm not going to dig into it because again, we're trying to put up that political firewall for Nerd Cognito, right? But they are exceptionally generous and supportive of folks that have served in the military. And I don't care what your politics are, if you can't recognize that as a positive thing, then there's something mentally deficient going on in your skull. So they have a great track record of supporting the community. They gave their fucking product away. Partially, I get it, it's marketing, right? You get the core book and then you buy the other stuff. Fine, but they still gave away a product that is considered to be the standard bearer for non-Dungeons & Dragons D&D, right? If you want to play D&D in a modern take, not throwing it back to AD&D or a previous edition, right. Right. the gold standard right now is Castles and Crusades. They gave that away. They're supportive of the military and they intentionally tried to go around the swamp, and right, and and I mean, and and in no way are are we supportive of the guy who went crazy and said the wrong thing on Twitter. People say dumb shit you know, all the, the time. I remember the mail that I got when I made a retard joke. 
I stand right. by my retard joke. <laughs> but the basically, you know, coming down on a business because they're saying, you know, hey, you know, this isn't our fight. You know, we we don't we don't have any opinion on this. You know, obviously, if somebody makes a mistake, it's their mistake. It shouldn't reflect on everybody around them. I don't know what to say other than go to trolllordgames.com, check out their stuff. Again, there's, look, it's free ads night on Nerdcognito. Check out their stuff, download their products, play their game. They're trying to do the right thing and take the high road, 100%. And so far, you know, we are days now removed from this kerfuffle. So far... They have not looked backwards or acknowledged the stupidity. So good for them. Um, as you can imagine, most of the OSR is incredibly supportive of them, and most of the Sparkle Trolls are incredibly off with their heads. You know, <laughs> So it is exactly the fallout that you would expect, but never would I expect them to, to go after a company for saying, we don't want to get into this. I just don't know, Bert. It boggles my mind. You have to be standing on your head and telling the world that it's upside down to to buy into whatever connection is trying to be made here. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I just don't don't get it. And you know, maybe I'm a little old fashioned, but you know, when somebody messes up, that's on them. You know, it does. You know, I would hate to think that. You know, if I said something that you know, made people bad, everybody would come after the company I work for just because I was an idiot. Well, apparently that will happen. And it has happened. And this is just another example, you know, of that sort of tribalism. You, you see it every day. You see it in the office. You see it with families, even around the holiday table, right? You know, sitting down to dinner, if someone says the wrong thing, that could be the end of a family relationship now. And hmm. it's... Man, don't put on the news because you're going to have an argument in your living room if you do that. And it's just blows me away that that this is now, you know, not wanting to get into it is getting into it. So, Troll Lord, you know, we've we've not had the fortune to to speak to the guys. We've had the fortune to talk to some creators that that partner with them, but um, from all encounters and from looking at their product and from talking to folks that have firsthand interactions with them exceptional company they do the right thing and they were just in the wrong spot at the wrong time and you know it just it's why we need to gatekeep the fucking hobby <sighs> hey did you i don't know if you caught it bert i did oh, say boy. i did say news <laughs> Oh, boy. What do we got in the news this week, Ryan? Oh, a little bit of this and that. Um, coming out of this holiday stupor and into the new year, I think we have a good mix of news. It wasn't super depressing. Uh, well, not all of it. Let's kick over into sort of the technology realm. Okay. I always like a good tech story. Yeah, what do we got? Uh, if you are looking to build a gaming PC, there is hope on the horizon because January 5th, so shortly after this episode drops, the NVIDIA RTX 4070 Ti graphics card is going to hit streets with a price tag of $799, which is not too bad for no. a high-end card. Right, no, I mean, for something, you know, that advanced, you're normally looking at a much higher price point. Now, here's what's interesting. Unfortunately, some internal and external benchmarks have leaked. I don't know if it's unfortunate or, you know, one of those fortunate, oh, this is accidentally leaking sort of leaks. Right, right. Uh, but the 4070 Ti is blowing away the 3090 Ti, which is the current flagship card that carries a price tag of $2,000. Oh, wow. That's crazy pricing then. Yeah, in performance. So uh, the numbers are looking really good as far as value for money, right? You know, 
it's roughly as fast as the 3090, and it's just a little bit of shy in rendering. Hmm. Um, in some applications, it's actually rendering slightly faster, and it's saving you twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge price point for that type of performance, you know. I've been putting off a gaming rig rebuild for quite some time. Is this going to be the nudge for me to do it? Don't know. But it's certainly now at the top of my list of graphics card contenders because the price, it's certainly be right, Bert. <laughs> you know, seven ninety nine oh, yeah, compared absolutely. to two grand. And Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can reach down and and save a little bit, but I'm still going to be in that $500 price range if I get anything that's worth anything. So why not kick up to to that $800 level and and effectively get almost the best in class? Right. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you at that point? If you're already spending $500, another $200... Three hundred. Three hundred. I I It's seven ninety nine. Yeah. But, yeah, but still at that make point. Make or break your budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh so interesting news on the hardware leak front. We'll get to see full benchmarks later this week if you're into that sort of thing. I don't want to go into tech numbers because, you know, when we talk numbers of any sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People's I mean, eyes just glaze over, so <laughs> I mean, don't yours if if somebody just starts spouting numbers at you? No, I like numbers. You know, Mikey and I text back and forth during the, uh, his work week all the time about numbers. So. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a choice here. Do you want to go the bright and sunshiny path, or do you want the Ryan needs to tape his head so that when his skull breaks? Uh, the pieces are all easy to collect. Pick the um, path. Oh, I, I mean, you know, for me, I always have to go with the skull breaker. What uh, do we got? All right. <laughs> and that's fine. I'd rather not end the news with this one, which is where I originally had it slotted. <clears throat> one D&D is making bards stronger <laughs> with a major change as reported by the newest playtest content. <laughs> um, what's the change? Do we know? How we do know the change. Um, I'm going to test your fifth edition prowess here. Talk okay. to me about bardic inspiration. Uh, well, I mean, it, it allows an additional die to be rolled to be used for certain purposes. To you know, basically, it gives somebody the ability to you know. Uh, Boost their numbers a little bit. Right. It's a bonus action, bonus die, right? Right. That that is already into what is considered to be the most ridiculously overpowered, overplayed, overpopularized class that exists in 5th edition right now. My ire for 5th edition aside, bards, I think we can reasonably say that no matter what side of the gaming spectrum you may be on, are recognized that right now they're a little bit overpowered. Well, I mean, the, the uh, you know, bards, the way I saw bards, they were always intended to be a support character. They fill slots and holes in your party to even things out. They were never meant to be sort of the breakaway star that, that everybody's thinking of with right. bards. And, and the one thing that I will say, okay, at least it's not over the top, is that, you know, this is a bonus action. Uh, bardic inspiration is used as a bonus action. So if I use bardic inspiration, uh, you know, Bert, your barbarian is making an attack and ah, you've got this bonus from bardic inspiration. Oh, but you rolled a 19. The bonus. Eh, okay. You had it. You didn't need it. Right. Right. Bardic inspiration in one D and D is entirely changed because it is now a reaction instead of a bonus action, which means so that the bard can and... trigger it only when it needs to be triggered. So if you swing and miss, your bard can inspire you to add an add to fudge your number to see if you can hit, <laughs> basically. Right, and effectively, you are able to cherry pick those number of charges that bardic inspiration has uh right now i want to say uh it's equal to the charisma mod 
So you know, if yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to I'd have to look at the fifth edition rules. I haven't played a bard in five E yet. Yeah, if I'm sparkle trolling out my bard, obviously I'm gonna have a plus four, right? Uh, now, not only do I have this ability four times a day, but I can cherry pick when it happens, as opposed to reading the situation and using it when it makes sense. You know, okay, hit or miss, bardic inspiration was there. That's what your bard does. It's not all flowers and sausages. And now it is all flowers and sausages. And <laughs> if you go to Strixhaven, it's a lot of sausages. That's all I've got to say. So <sighs> my skull okay. is intact because this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see them wanting to, I can see wanting to, you know, change Bard, because a lot of people don't like to be in that support role. So maybe Bard isn't the class for them, but if somebody wants to play Bard, offering features that create, you know, a Bard that is more, you know, combat savvy or more has more rogue abilities, like those kind of things make sense to me. But it's almost like your Bard has, you know, your Bard can see the future now. Oh, you're, you missed, now you don't. I'm ready to jump back into the AD&D bard swamp and say, you want to play this ridiculously overpowered character? Fine, you need a level of fighter and wizard and rogue first. And make bard a subclass. It is a superhero game now. And there's they're, they're just feeding that sparkly beast. <sighs> Done. Done, done, done. <laughs> Fuck you, wizards. <laughs> so we're ending on sunshine and lollipops, right? Well, I don't know. Did you get any D&D slash role-playing stuffs for the holiday? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I got a bunch of, like, useful stuff. I got some, you know, barware, some new clothes. No, 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 uh, no gaming gear. You know, it's very kitschy now. There's all sorts of cute little stuff that you get from Hasbro slash Wizards that is, you know, one of their four prongs in monetizing further the D&D product, which is currently under-monetized. Um, you can get everything from a waffle maker to miniatures to whatever. It's all officially licensed. Yes, I said waffle maker. <laughs> so, like what, D20 waffles? Yeah, exactly. It is a D20 on a waffle in a Dungeons and Dragons branded waffle maker. I'm not shitting on that. Whatever. Make your money, you know. Um You know you know what that needs though. If you're gonna make D twenty waffles, you have to have a replaceable center plate so you can change the twenty to a one so that you can critical <laughs> fail at breakfast. Uh, they weren't that creative. It's just a generic polyhedral shape, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, if it had, if it was an actual D20 on your waffle, then you want that center plate to be replaceable so you can give somebody a one for breakfast. Bert, this is cheap China junk waffle maker with a D&D &D logo splatted on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair, it's fair. Not, If you put a 20 on this waffle, there's something wrong with your taste buds. Um, <laughs> it, 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 Belgian delicacy, this is not. Um I wanted to take this opportunity to say if it has official licensing on it, let's look somewhere else because there is so much independent and artisan stuff out there that you can avoid this kitschy throwaway bullshit right now. And as you are out there post-holiday clearance shopping, Instead of throwing the dollars on said waffle maker, not that I have a problem with waffles. I like waffles, you know. Um, Big fan of waffles myself. I think that it's an opportunity for you to really step back and say, do I want to feed this beast that is not supporting our hobby, that is not supporting the community, that is pulling back on things like the OGL for creators that want to contribute to the cr community or do I want to support someone that's doing something for love whether it's artisan dice or a custom woodcrafted thing just put your your D, D accessory spend budget in the independent scene <sighs> um, new trend that I actually thought about this year Bert What's in that? The, the entertainment realm is 
moving back towards the days of the early aughts, when I was a little younger, <laughs> if you wanted an 80-inch screen, you went out and got yourself a projector. Right, right. Yeah, those were, those were a thing for a while. They, you know, you could project, if you had a white wall, you could use it as a backdrop, you could set up a screen. I even knew people who hung, like, white sheets on the wall and broadcast movies and stuff on the wall for for like parties parties and things like that yeah no but there there always was the the high-end projection route that you could go for a home theater well it looks like that is really going to get a kick in the ass in 2023 because there are a ton of great specced out short throw in wall and overhead home projectors that are not making you hit that six, seven, eight thousand dollar price range, but really? you can get a nice, reliable 4K projector for around twelve hundred bucks, and that makes you say, "Do I want to spend for the screen or spend for something that's a little more flexible and gives me a little more of that home cinema experience?" Right. I mean, you'd have to think about your setup a little bit, but you'd pay a $1,200 price point. You'd pay more than that for some of the higher-end large screen TVs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It breaks my heart a little because I would have to get creative in my theater room for it. Right, because because, of the windows. Because of how it's set up. You're absolutely correct. But, you know, if, again, if your room can support it, this is going to be the year for you to look at the projectors. And um, who doesn't want a 90-inch shadowless projection? <laughs> now, there's, there are ancillary costs that you have to think. You obviously do want to get a, a nice projection screen. True, um, true. You know, if you have pets, you have that as a consideration for the screen. Um, if you have children, you also have considerations for the screen. Um but, you know, if it fits in your, I guess, space, projectors, they look to be making the comeback. That's actually pretty awesome. It's a little retro, but, but I mean, with 4K and everything, it's, you know, cutting edge, too. So it's, it's kind of a cool uh, sort of niche, technology-wise. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're coming out with you know, lumens that will blind you. So you don't even necessarily need room darkening for these things to work now. And again, there, there's so many different positional projectors that are looking to be released. And again, this is sort of the, the home theater geek in me coming out. Um, it can work anywhere, uh, with as little as 12 to 18 inches off the wall. Or if your if your room supports it again, there, there's a projection solution for you. So, uh, definitely something to consider as we wrap up our news for this week. Make it big. Make it really big. It's very cool. Uh, that's 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 all I got. <laughs> yeah. Support your indie artisan. <laughs> Fuck wizards. Fuck wizards. And I forget what the first story was already because my Swiss cheese brain is in <laughs> full effect tonight. <laughs> oh, oh okay. Um, good segue, though. Because we talked about at the front end of the show, all of the stuff that is coming out in 2023. And in addition to the year of the projection, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of interesting things come in in all of the areas that we really like. Um, Pick your poison, Bert. You want to talk about tabletop RPGs? You want to talk about nerdy video games you want to talk about board games let's let's go those three avenues for what's on the horizon as the 20 well, the 23 uh, approaches uh, i have some in the uh, in, in a few of those different categories but let's start with uh, video games ah the video games there, there's a bunch on the horizon and um i'm going to throw this one out there uh, I've been watching it since we talked about it in a very short news story earlier in the prior year. But WrestleQuest 
<laughs> wrestle quest yes you did mention this it's a video game where you basically you know maintain a wrestler a pro wrestler's career you do there's more and more information that's being uh, about it it's uh, pro wrestling and an rpg smushed into one very cute very distinct looking package um 2023 is the year where WrestleQuest is expected to launch uh, they have licensed the likenesses of the late greats Andre the Giant and Macho Man. Ooh, yeah, Randy <laughs> Savage. Um, you're going to, you know, climb that pro wrestling ladder and grab that brass ring, pal. You know, and maybe four of the folks <laughs> that are listening know where that reference came from. Um, as you go through a detailed sort of 16-bit inspired world as a pro wrestler dig it uh, <laughs> the, that that's the one that i've been watching um i don't know you know we talked was it last week or the week before obviously final fantasy 16 is on the horizon that's that's the one that i'm you know watching any year that releases a new expansion to the main franchise of final fantasy has been a good one i mean the you know cinematically and uh, you know the, the the work that goes into those games I've enjoyed all of them. I know that you weren't a fan of the most recent ones. I wasn't. I, I I'm you know cautiously optimistic with Final Fantasy 16 here, only because the lead designer is uh, Yoshida, who did Final Fantasy 14, which hmm, eh, you know the the MMO Final Fantasies. Definitely didn't tickle my taint. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I know you... I mean, we both came up on Final Fantasy, so it, sure, it's there. Sure, all the way from the first one for the original Nintendo, you know, moving forward. There's all sorts of leaks out. Um, I'm a pretty decent Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, the new Assassin's Creed has all sorts of leaks. We're looking for another entry in that series this year. Um the big one that I know your wife is probably chomping at the bit for Sea of Stars, which it was Sabotage Studio who did their um, Messenger, which was the Ninja Gaiden-inspired like platformer. Right, right. Uh, this is the one that is super, super influenced by Chrono Trigger. So that's what's sort of there. Anything that I'm missing that you can... Uh, think of that we're looking looking at as a major release not really not really i mean unless something you know pops up on the horizon or sneaks up on us which is always possible but yeah i mean elder scrolls is years out right fallout is years out right the sequel for death stranding is you know probably years out right (laughs) right still well away no no nothing new from bioshock no we got that teaser trailer Right, um, but yeah, it it seems to be an RPG heavy video game year too. No complaints from me. Right? No, no, it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, role playing or boards? Uh, let's jump to role playing. Role playing. Well, of course, we have the Wizards releases of D and D stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they are, uh-huh. yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. They're looking to to pretty much put out a release that I can only imagine the the stellar quality that they're going to be. I will look at them with an open mind as they come out. Um, sure. The one that is sort of setting me up for a tirade is in the fall of 2023. They are going to do their Planescape release ouch oh man i loved planescapes like, loved ed past tense um you saw what they've done they they've done it to spelljammer they did it to Dragonlance. i i i can't have optimism here i just can't i cannot do it i yeah, cannot do I mean, it i bought I bought all the Planescapes box sets and things like that. Do you remember those? I do. Like they had Planes of Chaos and Planes of Law. and But I, I bought all of those. I still have some of the original books from the, plan, the original Planescapes box sets and things that I've kept for 
years, I mean, it'll be, if it's a mess, it'll be disappointing. For the love of Lolf, please play the OSR. <laughs> what else is coming down the pike? Uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is going to have a bunch of releases. Um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is kind of an odd duck. Most of the people I know that play Pathfinder, myself included, you know, we kind of go back to 1st Edition because the rules changes and things are just, you know, they're just kind of strange for 2nd Edition. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I can't get on board with Pathfinder because they are just as guilty of catering to a particular audience as as Wizards. In fact, they were, you know, one of the trailblazers for doing that. Um, it doesn't mean that I won't give them a look and try my best to be absolutely objective, but uh, Pathfinder 2E, it's, it, it didn't set my world on fire. Again, there are a lot of independent things um, that are bigger or smaller. We talked about David Gwill's Dungeons & Delvers last week. Right. I can see that as a direct alternative to both Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder. Um, if you want to go a little more mainstream, uh, you know I'm a big fan of 13th Age. If you're looking for something that's a little more streamlined, um, again, you know you have to sort of separate the, the politics of the world from the product, Oh, wait, wait, we're not allowed to do that anymore, right? <laughs> but I, I think that there are a lot of other options. Some of the more interesting ones, um, Die, the role-playing game, which is an adaptation of Die, the comic, is um, now they kickstarted a campaign for a campaign setting. Uh, they okay. raised half a million dollars, so it's happening. Wow, yeah, absolutely, it's happening. And, you know, it's a role-playing game about role-players that are trapped in the role-playing game. So it's it's an interesting premise, for sure. Um, everybody Did likes... you say it's an Izakai tabletop <laughs> that, that is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always like those things that sort of break the fourth wall just a little bit. Uh, I don't know that it will have stay power for a campaign. I can see it being good for a one-shot or a couple session sort of go but uh it's always fun to to sort of look at things from that metagaming perspective when it's appropriate and this is an example of when it's appropriate the thing that i like that i read about this is um in this particular game uh, which aligns with the comic which i did read prior to us talking today just so that I had a little bit more of a background is each player has two personas that they are running in the game. They're, they're, they have the persona of the player in the game and the character in the game. So oh, that's really weird. So okay. you're, you're playing a player and a character. <laughs> so I, I'll be watching for that one. Um, yeah, I actually kind of like that idea, you know? You, you're a fan of Kids on Bikes. Again, great sure. for a one-shot or a couple-shot sessions. Uh, Kids on Bikes 2nd Edition is coming out uh, in 2023. Oh, I'll be interested to see what they changed in that. I know that... Kids uh, on Bikes was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it, it definitely pulls at the nostalgia heartstrings. Again, it's an example of where we have to remove the politics from the game. Otherwise, I couldn't even say Kids on Bikes because some of the egregious things that their creators have said. So, uh, you talked about this. I believe you backed it, but Monty, Pyth or Monty Python's co-curricular media evil reenactment program is set to oh. launch in 2023. So I'm interested to see when you get your hands on that little book to take a peek at that. Uh it's, I couldn't resist. I, I can't. You know, the idea of a Monty Python role playing game is just absolutely <laughs> somehow hilarious and ridiculous, and there's just something wonderful about it as well. There is, there is, and I think if anyone can adequately parlay riding the fence between what the Sparkle Trolls will play and find offensive, it's going to be the 
at least the remnants of the Monty Python crew. Uh, we know John Cleese is very outspoken against cancel culture. So if nothing else, it'll be a fun read, right? Absolutely. Uh, that Kickstarter uh, raised two million bucks. Um, one that I am watching is Old Gods of Appalachia. Uh, it's based on the podcast, and the as, podcast is really interesting. I've listened to a few episodes of that. It's uh, really, uh, it's really, it combines sort of the dramatic and the sort of, uh, you know, and sort of like the, I, I don't want to say like down homey feel, but you, you get what I'm. You I, I do, I mean. and plus, you know, Appalachia cryptids and Cthulhu. Come on, come on, come on. It's it's a home run all the way around. Uh, it's running Monty Cook's uh, cipher system, and Monty is in as a uh, at least some sort of input slash creator slash designer. Uh, we'll see. Uh, have you used that cipher system at all? I have dabbled with it. I haven't actually run anything using cipher, so we'll see. We'll see. It's set for release Absolutely. in 2023. I'm going to check it out for sure, uh, as long as uh, Sean K. Reynolds is not a writing credit on it. But wait, we're supposed to remove politics from the game, or are we? I don't know. I'm confused. Am I beating this horse enough, Bert? Um, I think the horse died a few miles back. Now you're just dragging it, beating it, and <laughs> complaining about it at the same time somehow. Well, uh, I, I want to, you know, find myself a good necromancer to raise the horse so that I can kill it and beat it some more. Um, <laughs> uh, 40K is going to have a release or two this year. Uh, cer certainly not my cup of tea, but that's no surprise. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about this is the system is announced that it will be using a D100 system, so we're using percentile dice again. Uh, but, you know, nothing surprises me with 40K. Yeah, I mean, I've played in systems that use percentile dice before, and the thing about them is they can, I mean, they can be very well done, but you can also have everything fall apart with a few bad rolls or a few amazing rolls, the whole story can sort of be destroyed if they're not well balanced. You Let's know just I mean? hope that it has lots and lots of horrible charts. Uh, I'm, oh. a, I'm a sucker for charts. I know how much you love those horrible charts. Uh, the Walking Dead RPG is being set to be released by Free League, but wait. I'm supposed to separate politics from the game companies, right? Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you are a... See? I found my necromancer. Uh, um, if you are a fan of zombies and living in the Walking Dead comic universe, um, this is going to be a game, you know, I've said in the past, despite... Free League being on my no-buy list, I always end up somehow buying some of their shit. Uh, and it's because they produce good shit, politics aside. Um, I don't expect this to be any different. I think that, you know, their year zero system is a solid system. So why not, if zombies are your thing, go murder some zombies? Right. I mean, the zombies are my thing, but The Walking Dead really isn't. You know, I... Zombies and high drama really just don't kind of <laughs> go together in my... I'm used to horror movie zombies, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And how about, you know, nothing like a giant dungeon crawler coming into the RPG world in Gloomhaven, the role-playing game? Um, Cephalofair is, you know, going to be releasing more information and hopefully the game in 2023 the the crowdfunding campaign starts in april and you know if you can get yourself to step away from cephal affairs politics you might want to think about looking at this game oh wait okay <sighs> that's the 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 ones that are at least at the top of my list right now, Bert. Fair enough. <laughs> the Necromancer enough. just just went out the side door, though, so I, I think we should be all right with, with that one. Board Game Realm 
this is interesting because there's not a lot on the radar. And I can't often say that. Uh, the big daddy of them all, Fantasy Flight, doesn't have any earth-shattering stuff that's been announced or on the horizon. Okay. Um, Slay the Spire, the board game, is probably the biggest, uh, prettiest, drool-worthy board game that we will have. Uh, we do have a pledge in for Slay the Spire. Um, that's expected to be released. Um, hmm. Other board game stuff that, that I can think of. Woodcraft, I guessed, is coming this year. Uh, if you are a, a, a board gamer, you know that Woodcraft is a pretty heavy Euro that has a lot of buzz. It's pretty. It's got a unique art style, and... Um, it's got a shorter play time. They're they're saying it's going to clock in at about ninety minutes, and if oh, you want a you know a euro about woodworking, <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> I only have that because back in the day I loved being in my wood shop. Uh, don't get to do that as often as I want to anymore. Uh, anything else on your radar in the board game world? Well, I mean, uh, I, I can tell you it looks like 2023 is going to continue to be the uh, year of skirmish miniatures games. Oh, yep, yeah, that, that trend is not... Did you hear about the one from Asmodee? I did not. Which What is this? And that's funny because I I, I specifically looked for what was being released under the uh, Fantasy Flight banner, but Asmodee's, right. you know, Asmodee technically does them all, so what, what do we have? So Asmodee and Atomic Mass teamed up to create uh, Star Wars Shatterpoints. Another it is a, Star Wars game, and it's a skirmish game. It's a miniature skirmish game, and it, it'll join the existing Star Wars miniature games. And basically, the, it's a... Uh, Money suck? Build oh. com- yeah, yeah. I mean, you build, <laughs> you build and command a strike team of iconic Star Wars characters and pit them against each other in battle. So basically, you know, it sounds like Warhammer hose down in Star Wars juice. Sure. But we all know how expensive the price point is for uh, getting into Warhammer. That was going to be my next question. Do they have an MSRP that they've announced? Uh, I am checking now. Let's see here. Full press release. Uh, customize, strategize, battle. No. Uh, it's just a short one page press release. It says that you know you'll be able to customize your squad, you'll be able to strategize, you'll be able to use character special abilities in battle. Um, you know they're they're comparing it to being a kid on Saturday mornings. You know all the stuff, all the action adventure and iconic characters of Star Wars. You know, but you get to make the decisions, and so it doesn't have an MSRP or anything talking about pricing. So. You know, it'll be interesting to see where that price point falls. I do think it's interesting that they chose to go the comic slash animated route for the art um, on this particular one. Right. Yeah, I, I can't see an MSRP, too. And this is definitely going to be late 2023. So I'm sure it'll pop up, if nothing else, at least in the news as the year rolls on. As Right. They're saying it's going to be mid-year. June is when they're anticipating release. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a summer release. Very good. Well, I whew, we went through a lot, Bert. <laughs> we did. We did. There's a lot of nerdy stuff coming. There is a lot of nerdy stuff coming. I already told the good folks to follow the, the ladies uh, that are running the Nerd Cognito Twitter account, at Nerd Cognito. I also want to take a moment to remind everybody that we have ourselves a... Checkmark Hero. And it's his last week as Checkmark Hero. Matt Barninger is our Checkmark Hero for the final time this week, uh, follow him on Twitter, Matt underscore Barninger, B-A-R-N-I-N-G-E-R, screenwriter and good, good friend of the show. Uh, always has pithy and interesting contributions to con- to all sorts of conversations. Give him a follow, Matt underscore Barninger. And we'll miss you, Matt. You are the official original Nerd Cognito. If you want to be a checkmark hero, Venmo, eight bucks to at Nerd Cognito. And 
we will let you know when your month of checkmark heroism comes through. Also want to take a time, take a time, take a minute to thank you for listening and encourage you to go to the podcast provider that you are listening to us on right now. Make sure that you have subscribed or liked or thrown us a great review, not those Sparkle Troll reviews, although they're, they're kind of funny. <laughs> Um, but do all of that sort of stuff so that you do not miss a single episode of Nerd Cognito. Uh, subscribing guarantees that every week when we're talking, we're talking at you, and that is an important thing. Also, we cannot thank you enough for all the likes, the shares, the retweets, and the word of mouth. Uh, telling folks, hey, listen to Nerd Cognito. Um, it's super, super important and appreciated. It's how we grow. You know, no matter what we do on the Twitter machine, making fun of Sparkle Trolls, or what we do on the air here at Nerd Cognito, unless people know to tune in and listen, nobody will. And we thank you for making sure that the word is out. We continue to grow each and every week, and we humbly, humbly thank you. Well, Bert, um, the world is a is a buzz right now i just you know we ran through like 40 things in the last segment and in case you missed it you know should you separate politics from the game i think you might want to anything else you want to talk about this this week no i think i'm good i mean uh, you know it, lo it looks like it's shaping up to be an exciting new year we'll just have to see how things develop yeah i i can't wait uh well my name is Ryan David. Thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait to talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody.